Before we start this episode, I really want to say a massive thank you to everyone that's listened to Vision of Sound since our launch. We're totally blown away by the messages, reviews and ratings that the show is receiving and really happy to be growing a community around it. If you're not already doing so, you can visit us at georginacook.net forward slash vision of sound or follow on Instagram at the vision of sound where there are images to accompany each episode. You'll also find posts about other artists on those platforms. For example, I recently shared a really lovely response from photographer Stephen Sweet about his image of Kurt Cobain standing in front of words by Jenny Holzer, which read, men don't protect you anymore. I've always wanted to know about that image because I've had it as a signed poster in my home since I went to the Nirvana exhibition at the Proud Galleries in 1999, I think. So it was really nice of him to respond with some insight into how that image came about. Check that out if you're into music photography, Nirvana or Jenny Holzer or indeed Stephen Sweet. Anyway, on to the conversation. This is Vision of Sound episode four. Hi, my name's Georgina Cook and this is the Vision of Sound podcast. Conversations at the crossroads where music and art meet. I'm a photographer, artist and passionate music lover whose camera has portrayed everything from punk gigs to Glastonbury, sweaty drum and bass raves and the dark dance floors of early dubstep. Vision of Sound is my chance to celebrate other creative people making work about or inspired by music. I'm really excited to be chatting to photographers and artists, publishers, designers and filmmakers about their perspectives of the sounds they love. In this episode, I chat to illustrator, animator and designer Ali Graham. Ali is most well known for his Instagram account, Little Yay, that's at L-I-L-Y-E, which is named after his cutesy cartoons of Kanye West in scenarios inspired by the rapper's lyrics. A prolific artist, Ali's love for hip-hop and wordplay is at the heart of everything he does. As well as cartoons and animations, he produces collectible toys, reimagined movie posters and video games for artists like Ant Clemens and Earth Gang. In 2015, Ali produced a really funny book which illustrates his imagined 99 problems of Jay-Z. He lives and works in Hastings with his partner Nina Cosford, herself an established illustrator and artist. Some of the things we talk about in this episode include Ali's favourite Jay-Z problems. He's got a sort of ad-lib saying that says, it's your boy, and I've got him holding just a giant sea boy, except it doesn't actually translate in America because they pronounce it buoy. Why he's chosen not to live and work in a big city. I wouldn't have had the time or the inclination to go, oh, I'm going to draw 99 pictures of a little silly Jay-Z character having to pay rent and sustain myself in the city. And what it is about hip-hop that inspires him so much. There is that gleam and that glamour and that sort of Hollywood essence. Hi, Ali. Thanks for coming. Pleasure. So I would really like to know, first of all, how long you've been drawing for. Well, I guess... So the cliche answer has been drawing all my life. Um, well, yeah, essentially, essentially my whole life. My dad, he's retired now, but he, he was an art teacher. So he was sort of got us drawing from a very young age. And it's always been a quite a big part of our childhood and growing up. And I, I started drawing my own stuff at quite a young age, doing web comics and that sort of thing. So making my own work and putting it online. And that's sort of, yeah how I got started down that road. What were your comics about? They were very surreal. I was heavily inspired by shows like Spaced back in sort of the early 2000s. So it was basically a rip-off of all the comedies I was watching and sort of taking current events and twisting them. It was was kind of, yeah, if you look back at anything you make when you're 15, you're going to wince and kind of go, (laughs) ah. But it it kept me busy and kept me out of trouble and taught me a lot about sort of self-motivation because I did it every day. So seven days a week, I did it um, for about five years. So yeah, I I wouldn't draw every day, but I'd sort of do loads and bank them and post them. So yeah, I learned a lot about consistency, discipline, making work, putting it online, dealing with 
people online and their comments and their feedback and yeah it was it was a pretty formative time it's fun to look back on but the actual subject matter and content probably isn't worth revisiting yeah I think like you say when when you're 15 I mean I look back at stuff that I made when I was 15 and I totally cringe as well yeah yeah you think you're a genius at the time (laughs) you're just like I'm so profound and funny and interesting then you're like oh god you know you've got to appreciate that that's that's all you really knew back then and at least you're out making stuff um at that age absolutely yeah that's the most important thing as I said in the beginning, a lot of your work is about music, specifically artists like Kanye West, mm. Jay-Z. You've got drawings and cartoons of Beyonce as well. When did you start sort of making work about music and about artists? Um, it filtered into those early web comics. So like, I, I've, I found a really early comic of mine and it did feature a little Kanye West character just like that it would it would almost be like cameos walking through sort of a bit like in friends when Brad Pitt just shows up and everyone goes ah. yeah so music and pop culture sort of always played quite a central role in all the things i was doing and then the 99 problems project which is sort of what launched my current career i suppose um that was just a silly idea I had, just the sort of concept. What could Jay-Z's other problems be? He's got 99 problems, what could they be sort of thing. And yeah, it was mainly just a bit of a challenge to myself to do a project again every day. So I did 99 consecutive days drawing a new problem every day. And that was it was basically just trying to get me back into creating stuff online because I, I kind of burnt myself out doing the comics, doing my university course, and I'd sort of stepped right back from making work like that. It was just, it was kind of just a warm up to get me back on that scene and use the stuff I knew, try to get attention, try to build an audience. And by pure fluke, it kind of blew up because it, that when I decided to launch it, it corresponded almost to like the week that he announced a surprise album. So everyone's talking about him, they're searching him, they find my project and it just sort of rolled from there and snowballed from there and kind of went viral for a few weeks which was pretty pretty fun back when Tumblr was a thing and things could go viral in a more organic way I guess sort of pre pre algorithms and all that sort of thing so yeah it was yeah I mean that project kind of came out of nowhere and completely changed the entire direction of yeah my life I suppose in a, in a weird way because you know you get a bit of success and then you go okay what what other things can I explore sort of the natural progression from Jay-Z was Beyonce and then another sort of deviation from that or the they were always quite popular when I had Jay-Z and Kanye together so I thought okay how can I think of a new project to maybe involve Kanye which came little yay and so on and so forth and yeah it just sort of all unfolds like that so 99 problems began as a tumblr is that right yeah that's right it was part of a bigger sort of concept of making a a whole website based around sort of puns and wordplay and that sort of thing just there was no had no other work on when i decided to launch it and yeah coincidentally that was that exact time so yeah it was kind of the stars aligned quite nicely for me Um, And then it became a book. Yeah, so it kind of did its whole internet phase. And it's it's weird to talk about now because it's quite a surreal thing. Within the space of sort of two days, I was getting phone calls from newspapers, blogs, comedy websites. All these people wanted to sort of get involved or do something or collaborate and all this sort of thing. It It was really overwhelming. And yeah, a few people got in touch, not necessarily on... The strength of the book idea just more the fact that it was popular at the time so yeah the book was a nice bonus at the end of it but only because I had sort of done the work already so it just it gave it a second life in physical form I guess but the publisher themselves I don't think quite knew what to do with it other than they saw that it was popular online so just like make it a book and see what happens so where was it distributed I don't know. Not well, basically, oh, right. um, which was a shame. But at the same time, I, I think it was a bonus for me. 
and I'd mined the idea and got all the benefits out of it from the online project. So they didn't necessarily do it as well as they could have, but at the same time, it didn't really matter. I think the book's great. Thank you. For those who haven't seen it, can you tell us one of Jay-Z's problems? My favourite one is he's got a sort of ad-lib saying that says, it's your boy. It's your boy! Sort of like, it's your boy, Jay-Z. And I've got him holding just a giant sea boy, except it doesn't actually translate in America because they pronounce it buoy. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I just... I like the idea that people are having to kind of deconstruct how it sounds in their head, how it reads on the page, and then the surreal image of him just holding a giant sort of inflatable sea boy. Um, yeah, <laughs> That's a kind of sign that you live by the sea? Like someone Possibly, that lives by yeah. the sea would think of a boy. Like, I mean, getting <laughs> 99, like kind of mining out 99 problems is quite difficult. You kind of go through the lyrics and then you sort of go through sort of more mundane stuff like dropped his ice cream or I don't know. Yeah, they they got they got quite surreal here and there, but um I think people appreciate they enjoyed it as a sort of cute thing, but then there was always some hidden references for anyone that sort of really understood the lyrics, really understood the references just to sort of give a bit more audience gratification and all that sort of thing. If you having girl problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one. I got the rap patrol on the cat patrol. Foes that want to make sure my casket's closed. Rap critics to save money, cash holes. I'm from the hood, stupid. What type of facts are those? If you grew up with holes in your zap toes, you celebrate the minute you was having dope. I'm like, fuck critics, you can kiss my whole asshole. If you don't like my lyrics, you can press fast forward. Got beef with radio, if I don't play they show, they don't play my hits. I don't give a shit, so Rap Max try and use my black ass So advertisers could give them more cash for ads, fuckers I don't know what you take me as Or understand the intelligence that Jay-Z has I'm from rags, the richest niggas, I ain't dumb I got 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one Hit me! I'm fascinated by Little Ye <laughs> Partly because I'm fascinated by Kanye as well mm. I think, personally, he's a very like complex person He's unpredictable and you never know what he's going to do next. And that's kind of part of the fun of following yeah. Kanye. What is it about him for you? What is it that drives you to kind of focus on him? Rappers are kind of like big kids. They they kind of get stuck in this state of like arrested development where they can kind of stomp their feet and have tantrums and, you know, shout and scream and get lots of attention and I just I really like the notion that they take themselves really seriously and they're also really sort of colourful big cartoon characters and yeah I, I just always sort of saw that connection and I think Kanye West is sort of he's he's kind of the poster child of that extreme personality and how a lot of what he does is quite childish not in a sort of derogatory way but in quite a pure visceral like I don't like that I'm gonna take that I'm gonna snatch that <laughs> off you or I'm gonna you know there's a certain charm to that kind of basic level of humanity and I think people he is like you say super unpredictable and yeah you know he can chat nonsense but yeah that again they're quite childlike facets I suppose and that's that's what I wanted to feed into it and the notion that you can sort of make these serious characters into these cute adorable babies I, I just really like the idea of sort of playing with that idea but yeah he's he's an interesting one there's never a dull moment no um have you got any favorite Kanye songs or albums um I go through phases with him like when when I have to or when when I'm when I'm working on stuff to do with the little yay project I'll kind of put it on and sort of just have it rolling through so that's how I'd sort of get my inspiration I'll listen to songs sort of listen out for any lyrics that are very visual or I can twist and and manipulate into an idea. I really liked his Kids See Ghosts project and I got to see them 
performed that in Los Angeles last year, which was pretty special because that's the only it's the only gig they've done of that sort of that stuff. Um, yeah, I like his old old stuff because you know that sort of I guess people consider his classic era of like college dropout and late registration graduation. I think the right mood. You know, there, there's some quite abrasive stuff, but sometimes, you know, if you're in a bad mood or if you're on a running machine or something, that's it's, it's quite good to listen to the abrasive stuff as well. Yeah, it's like a Kanye album for every mood, really, isn't Pretty it? Pretty much, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's handy that way. Yeah. Most of his stuff on first or second or third listen didn't quite connect with me, and I think what he's rapping about just sort of sonically is very immersive and you have to kind of really dive into it to get the most out of it yeah i think that's the best thing to do with anything isn't it <laughs> yeah. kids see ghosts sometimes kids see ghosts sometimes kids see ghosts sometimes spirit moving around just moving around Kids see ghosts sometimes, kids see ghosts sometimes, kids see ghosts, spirit, yeah that's the king. Start that movement, start that movement, y'all can move me, this my movie, y'all can stop me, y'all too sloppy, carbon copy, carbon it took me long enough to rap on this strong enough pay the shit just gonna give up cause Jay just gonna live up to everything that sucks to you and us never enough thought I'd be clever enough to give up while I'm ahead I like breakfast in bed but I love breakfast ahead for anybody who said that I was better off dead told them don't ever leave nothing that you ever read got a bible by my bed oh yes I'm very Christian constantly repenting cause yes I never listen don't like being questioning don't like being less than any of your competition in any of my professions so I gotta guess then I gotta stay the best man what else you expect from uh mr west man painting from westlang hurt my space like a relative that you ain't seen a minute called on the telephone and when they see you they say damn you get hella grown always thought you make it but damn now you hella known let's address some topics that i can embellish on how we made enough bread for us to put some relish on i won't relish on the fact i'm vibing on the future ultra light building in the building by mutual hers dog in the mirror in the office out in basel known that miami switzerland <laughs> kids see ghosts sometimes, kids see ghosts sometimes, kids see ghosts sometimes, spirit, moving around, just moving around, kids see ghosts sometimes, kids see ghosts sometimes, kids see ghosts, spirit, yeah that's the king. Um, so you talked a little bit about your process, like you listen to the music and then certain lyrics pop up mm. is that how you always work when you are making work about about artists um i mean in in that instance so a lot of the projects are based around the lyrics so i'll take a lyric i'll flip it so for the little yay project i'll take it i'll put it in a sort of kiddie context the nice thing about rap lyrics is they are super visual so they they use very sort of visual descriptive um language that is very easy to translate into an image i like to listen to hip-hop when i'm doing hip-hop based stuff i don't exclusively listen to hip-hop because i don't exclusively work on that kind of stuff but yeah it kind of gets me in the mood and stuff just jumps out sometimes when you're tuned into a certain frequency there's little punchlines, little moments that it seems that everyone can loops into so there's certain lyrics or certain turns of phrases that seem to kind of connect quite universally so if you can find those that as a subject matter more people will connect to and therefore you hopefully get a better response than some super obscure b-side what other artists do you draw then so i know you draw jay-z kanye beyonce earth gang who else um i've drew chance the rapper he shared that a guy called travis scott he's great i've done a few pieces based on him yeah he's he's an he's an interesting one also very visual as well. I, I really like his Instagram and yeah, his. yeah. He's he's he seems very considerate of everything. I, I like I have a lot of I like anyone that puts the effort in and like that full artistry thing. I really enjoy. So if they 
take the time to make interesting music videos, make interesting sort of rollouts and I don't know, I've drawn so many people, some some have hit, some have missed. It's just kind of yeah. Tyler. Tyler, I, I really enjoy Tyler. I enjoy drawing him. He again, he's super visual. I love how he reinvents. He has a sort of a different persona every album and yeah, we saw him in Brixton and that was amazing. He just put on just such an amazing show, just him by himself. And I'd seen him previously at this festival the year before. It was a completely different vibe, completely different performance. It's an amazing, both amazing performances, but so different. I like anyone that will put that much effort into making a kind of complete experience. So he had his sort of Igor wig and his suits and this stage set up. And yeah, it's, it's, it's always nice when they don't just come on and hit play on the DJ decks and just sort of mumble along like he properly sort of went for it I don't I think he even stopped for a drink once in the whole service yeah yeah he's high energy isn't he super impressive and yeah just great what is it about American hip-hop and American rap that you you like so much say in comparison to like British rap and grime and things I think it's it's, it's more saturation so it's like growing up with American music American film you get a sense of it you hear it and it becomes the norm whereas I think with British hip-hop I don't know I'm I feel I feel further away from it than American hip-hop in a way because there is that gleam and that glamour and that sort of Hollywood essence of um American hip-hop whereas I'm so far away from grime as it were and the subject matter of grime and the sort of lifestyle of it is 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 a weird one. It's kind of like when you watch a British show like Luther, it feels more intense and more scary because it's on your doorstep. And I feel that sort of you can have that quite. You're you're kind of divided by American entertainment. You could, it's, it, there's quite a happy divide where you can consume it and it doesn't consume you. Whereas I feel it would be more hypocritical of me to go down the route of grime and I'm I, like I have been dipping into it more because I, I, I feel it it would be disingenuous to just ignore it and say that's no good or that's not for me it's, it's that strange familiarity of American art and you know the first time I went to New York it felt so familiar because you've seen it in Home Alone in all the movies all this sort of thing whereas I didn't grow up in it, yeah exactly like i i have no experience or no sort of like yeah i could sit and watch top boy but again i think it would be a bit phony to kind of go right i watched top boy so now i know everything about grime music I, I think it's kind of like i think it just needs to grow it needs to mature it needs to become um sort of part of whatever british pop culture is before I've, I would feel comfortable kind of really diving in just because I think it would be a bit forced. Not to say that forcing yourself into something, you won't find something good in it. It's just I feel I've got enough to dig into across the pond. What are you listening to? What am I listening to? Um, I've been listening to a lot of Earth Gang because I've been sort of immersed in, in that and I really, really like them and their album. I think when you like someone, it flows better and you have that sort of vested interest. There's a guy called Hobo Johnson um, who I really, really enjoy. He's kind of a spoken word, punky, hip-hop fusion thing. I saw him I saw him in LA. I went to um, Camp Flognor, which is Tyler, the creator's, uh, festival I was just sort of walking across well, it's not a field it was a parking lot um, and yeah this guy it just caught my ear and I had to sort of go watch it I, I can't recommend it enough it's it's really sort of interesting satire in, interesting introspection quite I, I've, I've kind of got a massive love for punk music so anything with that slight aesthetic that slight grittier edge I, I quite enjoy so yeah Hobo Johnson been listening to quite a lot um, there's a guy called YBN Corday who's uh, 
who I really like his stuff. He's sort of part of the younger generation, but he's quite lyrical and quite thoughtful and interesting. Um, then I just have like my bog standard uh, playlists that I've probably had on loop for the last five years that are just like my comfy, comfy songs that you just have rolling in the background. Hobo Johnson's 94 Corolla. 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 For being the first human being born and raised in a 1994 Toyota Corolla, Hobo Johnson took it all in stride. It's just me and my Corolla. With peanut butter and a box of fruit roll-ups, I'm not looking for trouble, finally. The young boys become humbled again. Was a man, now he feels like a kid Trading smiles for a helping hand But it's fake, acting's easy When you really understand your fate Hey mother, I love you, please spare another dollar, please I know that you need it, but I need something to eat Am I? And thank you, thank you very much for your help I got it all by myself Now but I hate to ask And I hate to think if I didn't hate math I'd be in dorms or class Not living in my car He said that he's clairvoyant And my music won't catch I find it interesting that you seem to work in quite a lot of different mediums. Like, from my understanding, you're predominantly a kind of 2D artist, but then yeah. you also do animation, you make toys. Mm. How do you jump between different mediums? And is, is that quite tricky? Or A lot of it has a similar foundation. So I studied computer animation at university and pre pretty much burnt myself out on that at the time. But I've sort of naturally kind of organically meandered my way back to working in that way or with certain programs that I, I learned there. Um, a lot of the stuff I'm self-taught. I've always seen it as what's the best, most effective sort of way to tell the story or way to communicate the idea. So I've, I've always loved the idea of physical stuff. So making a toy was always like quite a big ambition of mine. So working out a way I could logistically do that and sort of justify it and all, all, all that sort of thing was a massive challenge and same with doing the video game that was sort of I launched at the same time as the toy yeah I, I think a lot of it comes down to just always wanting to change it up always wanting to sort of experiment with styles and um, outputs just because you can feel quite stale after a while it doesn't always get the best response because people are very stuck in their way. So if they discover you for one thing, they kind of want you to keep making that thing. But uh, I think most creative people don't like to be boxed in like that and they need other outlets or other, other ways of expressing themselves just to keep it fresh for themselves. Absolutely. I can totally relate to that. Who is your audience? Um, I mean, it's, it's hard to say because it's the internet. You know, you see, you see comments, you see likes, you see followers, but you never quite know. I haven't got any sort of illusions of grandeur. Like, basically, I make silly pictures that hopefully someone will scroll up to, see for a couple of seconds, have a smile, get on with their day sort of thing. I don't feel like I'm changing anyone's life with it. But, you know, the people have followed my work for years or they discover it however they discover anything on the internet the audiences are mainly interested in the subject matter i cover there's obviously a much bigger audience out there but it's the sort of classic case of getting them to see it is the hardest thing i've had enough ebbs and flows in my career to kind of not be too worried about that just because i've had a massive audience of people who have technically seen my work but they don't necessarily know i made it 
and then you can have like a really hardcore fan base that can sustain you who appreciate you and your output so yeah you're kind of you're basically in the service industry for a very greedy um <laughs> world who they, they just want to consume stuff so yeah i think my audience are super all part of the culture all part of like whether it's sort of hip-hop trainers streetwear whatever it may be i think that's that's kind of the place they're at and i think it's very ephemeral it's very sort of that's fun that's fun want that want that it's very kind of grabby and quite short-lived but it keeps it moving it keeps it fun and interesting but yeah I've, i don't interact that much with my audience because i don't like to put myself at the face of my work i prefer to let it just be out there and exist and sort of talk, speak for itself whereas i think a lot of creatives now they are part of the experience and they are the sort of presenter and the influencer and that sort of thing whereas yeah mainly because of the subject matter like a white nerdy english guy doesn't really scream hip-hop but through my work i can show my appreciation for it and it doesn't sort of muddy the water in a way hip-hop culture is so huge as well i mean it's touched every facet it's basically of society, pop culture hasn't it? now yeah it's it's kind of become pop music and pop music has borrowed or taken from it it's all such a sort of mishmash now it doesn't feel like there's any niche pockets um, anymore just because people have access to everything. Now they don't have to sort of pick pick their tribe or invest in that one album a month. They can just kind of consume and consume and consume, which makes it quite hard because you can't, you can never keep up with that demand because, you know, you could make work every single day and people would probably still say, I want more. So yeah, it's, it's it's a bit of a rat race, but there are probably worst rat races in the world. <laughs> Can you tell us about Beyonce versus Zombies? Um, Such a yeah, great title. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was just an, another weird sort of. It spun off from one of the earliest problems I came up with because obviously Jay Z, Beyonce, I'm a survivor. Then you kind of go, okay what do you survive you survive a zombie apocalypse and and then it just kind of spun out from there i was thinking okay let's dig into some more beyonce lyrics are there any others that you could twist or kind of manipulate into the context of her in a zombie apocalypse so like i think she's got a song with lady gaga where it's like head and my heart on the dance floor so she's got a big axe and she's chopped off a zombie's head and cut out their heart like again it's 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 grim to talk about but if you deliver it in quite a fun cutesy colorful way i think it's uh a little bit more accessible than it sounds but again that that kind of rolled off the success of 99 problems and found its own traction because again you know everyone knows beyonce everyone knows beyonce's lyric because they are sort of part of the collective consciousness now in the same way that everyone kind of knows what 99 problems is or has heard of that as a sort of saying so yeah it's it's kind of potentially slightly low-hanging fruit but if it gets people's attention and then you can kind of introduce your personality your ideas i, th I think that's always important it can't just be using someone else's stuff to get attention i think you've always got to introduce your own spin on things is there a line between fan art and art about musicians and how do you bring yourself into your artwork that's an interesting question i guess um i've always set quite a strict rule to myself that i don't really like to compromise in terms of my subject matter so if it's popular but i don't really like the person who is popular i won't interact with them i won't draw them even if it could gather more attention and so there's certain people i don't really want to draw i don't want to shine a light on i don't want to sort of waste my time on them because i don't necessarily align with them in my interests or my ethics or whatever i try not to do anything that's sort of defamatory in a way like i always want to keep it positive i always want to keep it celebratory it can be a bit sort of wink, wink, nudge, nudge. This is a bit of a silly thing, but it's always kind of done with love. And I think that's why like a lot of people ask like, oh, how come you haven't been sued? How come this or that? It's like, because 
I'm kind of giving them a new angle on their brand, essentially. You know, if, if more people enjoy Kanye West because they think of a cuddly, little cute cartoon character, it's sort of in their interest. And yeah, again, don't want to take the piss out of anyone. I don't want to sort of give them an excuse to get upset with it. So I think I always try to do it with love and respect. So yeah, fan art is a tricky one. Again, it sort of comes back to that putting your own spin on it. And I've always considered fan art people who can draw beautiful, accurate portraits from a photo. I see that more as fan art, whereas I kind of think of my stuff as more sort of complementary art. So I don't see myself necessarily as a fan. I see myself as a, not necessarily contemporary, because I'm not on the same level as most of my subject matter, but I can work professionally alongside them, and I have done. It's less of a kind of sycophantic relationship. It's more more equal because I'm bringing enough of myself to the table. So I'm taking inspiration from them, but I'm actually communicating my ideas, my spin on things. So it's kind of where I draw the line, but it's sort of up for anyone's interpretation. I mean, I would agree with that looking at your work, definitely. You've got your own humour and that that's really important and it comes into your work. Yeah, I, I kind of see that as my my signature. If my style changes, if anything else changes, at least it's kind of got a certain lifeblood running through it that people can connect those dots. Do you make music yourself? <laughs> I I cannot play any instruments. I feel I have an ear for music. So I've done I've made short films, I've made animations, so I've worked closely with musicians and composers and I, I love collaborating with musicians. It's kind of one of my biggest regrets is not knowing how to play a, an instrument. <laughs> I did a comedy rap character sort of 10 years ago. It did a little bit on YouTube and sort of won some competitions and so on, but it's a little bit, again, a little bit cringy now I to think see of. It. <laughs> it's basically like this super posh white rap rapper kid rapping about his wealth, like unironically and it was it was it was a fun project to do i've always loved just words and wordplay and that sort of thing so yeah it's it's always been there but yeah i, I can't play music myself but i love it it's, it's always magical seeing people build stuff out of nothing like my partner nina can just sort of listen to something and just pick it up on the keyboard and just literally just go with it and super jealous of that but I also exploit it so she does she makes all the sort of music for my video games and stuff like that so that's super handy oh that's great yeah you work with Nina quite a lot then yeah so we collaborate a lot on projects and a lot of advice and consultation on our own individual stuff just little second eyes on things makes a massive massive difference and a lot of the stuff I do and I think a lot of the stuff she does we know that we have that collaborator in the wings if we need it so I think it gives us a lot more confidence to sort of push out so I wouldn't necessarily have thought I'm going to go make a video game if I didn't know that I could collaborate with her on the music because I know that she would do such a good job and yeah one thing spins out to another thing so just a spur of the moment idea suddenly becomes something else which is kind of how we how we exist creatively just because there's no point having any sort of five-year plan because <laughs> you get an email out of nowhere and you just have to respond, sure. basically. Who else do you collaborate with like, in terms of music and musicians? In terms of commission-wise or...? Yeah, so have you made music videos and things like that? Yeah, so I've done... Yeah, I started... I think a lot of people do start in music video worlds, doing sort of animations and filming for sort of local bands and friends. Then I've done some live visuals as well. So I did a few live visuals for The Who wow. a few years ago. That was just sort of extra work. This Zero, who are based in St. Lens, they, they did the whole Quadrophenia tour. Oh, wow. And then I they were like completely overwhelmed with that. So they're just like, can you help us with the encore songs? So yeah, I just sort of knocked, knocked together some stuff, but it was, it was cool to sort of see, I think it was the O2 arena they played and sort of seeing it just massive on the screen was, that's always fun. And yeah, I did some little yachties live visuals a couple of years ago. That was such a very sort of intensive project, literally 
he contacted me about a week before he went on tour saying I need visuals I want you to make them sort of thing so I was basically animating in the day emailing it to them and it would go up on the screen that night so as the tour went on their visuals grew and yeah that was fun to see because you know you go on Instagram and you got all these sort of shaky videos and you're like oh yeah there it is there's that bit or there's that bit and I guess my most recent project was making a video game for this group called Earth Gang oh yeah so I did a did a little looping gif based on um, this artist called JID and his manager kind of messaged me out of the blue saying hey can you send this to me I want to share it and I was like yeah cool of course by the way if you ever need any visuals any whatever let me know and I sort of mentioned the video game he was like tell me more about this video game idea and I just just within the space of a day I just kind of pitched it and he was like yep that's exactly what we've been looking for do it amazing yeah just kind of again just really spare of the moment random little seeds and yeah that's sort of built and developed and we're hopefully going to make more levels and extra extra things and yeah it's uh they've been like a really cool group to collaborate with and I got to meet them in London I, I made them these little custom toys based on the characters from the game and yeah it was just a really nice really nice project and being able to physically meet people is quite rare these days especially being based here and most most people are based in america so yeah that was that was a really really good project Welcome to Maryland. Doctor told me I should rest, but I ain't gon' never ever quit. I like girls with pretty feet, yeah, and jeans that I'll never ever fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Top down, yeah. and I'm floating through the city. Yeah, 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 yeah. Watch out, deputy out to get me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most that shit y'all talking about ain't really talking about none. 25 when you really 32, baby, gon' need, gon' stop friend. Bottom on the club, cause stack. You ain't got 900. Been 10 with the bus down the barang, got my whole down name, got my whole down name. My day, you put it together on that white jet like Othello. I don't check emails, better be texting, CC me, you can talk in reckless, pick it on yellow, foot on the pedal. My bitch, just be devil, that's room, 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 They won't catch us, never. Beyonce, my halo, my angel, my devil, my shooters, come through with the do, 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 man, I'm telling you, I got the heart of a dragon. I live in like I imagine. Where is mine? No asking. The world is mine. I'm stabbing, stabbing now. Top down. Yeah. And I'm floating through the city. Yeah, 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 yeah. Watch out. I'm the front. Deputy out to get me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been drinking. And I've been smoking. And shouting, I'm flying down to 85. But I'm so focused. Like, what other work do you do besides stuff to do with music how do you how do you pay your bills and it's so unpredictable last year i spent most of the year working on my kickstarter which was the video game and toy which kind of sustained me for a big chunk of it just little odd jobs really just animating just little social media things or instructional videos doing a bit of filming for friends sort of bit of illustration work here and there selling prints in my shop as well just because people, again, want that sort of physical representation of stuff. So yes, it's kind of lots of different things. Not to say that I'm living like a king, but it sustains me where I am. If I was in a big city, I'm not sure it would, but that's kind of the choice I made, not to live in London, just to sort of have the space, have the freedom to experiment and 
I wouldn't have had the time or the inclination to go, oh, I'm going to draw 99 pictures of a little silly Jay-Z character while, you know, having to pay rent and sustain myself in the city. So yeah, I sort of choose my lifestyle to complement my career in a way. Lower stakes, but more interesting, I guess. Yeah, it's never it's never the same. All sorts, that's what I like to do. What was it like growing up in East Sussex? What was the musical and kind of like art and cultural landscape like for you? It's quite an interesting space, but I think at that age, at that time, you sort of pick your tribe. So you had your punk kids or your skate kids or your rock kids or your rap kids, and you didn't necessarily have access to as much music as you kind of relied on your sort of siblings my older sister and her friends basically fed my musical taste growing up and it's sort of only since access to spotify that you can explore and sort of go down that rabbit hole but yeah you know there were lots of sort of gigs you'd go out to brighton and other places like that but yeah you know it's sort of pretty much like any other teenager growing up around that time it's embarrassing to look back at what you enjoyed but can't beat yourself up too much and everyone goes through those those times but yeah I think it's it's different now yes yeah, it's, it's nice that people don't have to say I only like this one thing because yeah feels like people at school weren't allowed to like certain types of music even if they wanted to just out of peer pressure it's a nicer place where people can kind of find their own identity through music what other projects are you working on at the moment or what's you know what's your next few months looking like I've got a load of ideas in my head that yeah I I kind of want to speak into existence but at the same time I don't want to jinx like I really I, re- I really enjoyed doing toy based stuff um and sort of developing not necessarily just in the little yay format but other formats of toys and just that notion of taking it into the physical world I really really like just because I think that will be the new thing it's like people will be bored of you know just seeing stuff on instagram and i think having something physical having a physical manifestation of work i think will be important in the future just because digital is very disposable not to say physical is not disposable but yeah I, I, i like the idea of exploring a bit more tangible holdable artwork yeah i'm actually collaborating with my dad on a project which is kind of been a long time coming so he he was a art teacher for 40 years he's been kind of retired for a little while and I've always had this notion of doing this collaborative project with him um, where we're gonna do kind of classic style movie posters but for hip-hop videos and concepts so um, yeah we're launching the first one in LA which will be based on the uh, Tupac, Dr. Dre, California Love video. I don't know if you're familiar with that yeah. one. Like the Mad Max yeah. kind of one. So, because my dad's like an amazing fine artist, like really great draftsman, but he's very traditional in his subject matter. So I've always loved the idea of taking that traditional aesthetic and then smushing it with something quite popular, quite present and... Yeah, I think I think again, people like that that sort of hybrid creation. So taking like a classic aesthetic and then mixing it in with something a bit newer and interesting, I I think could be quite fun. Um, Sounds great. Yeah, it should be fun. Which visual artists and designers are you influenced by? Ooh, follow a bunch on Instagram. It's hard to say. I'm 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 quite absorbent to things so I avoid following anyone whose subject matter or stuff is quite close to mine just because I I worry that you kind of get you get a weird sort of competitiveness and also you feel am I copying you are you copying me yeah there's so many amazing ideas and artists out there I kind of yeah I'm worried that it will kind of filter through me and I'll be like I've had a great idea and then you know obviously you can't necessarily have an original idea it's bad because it, it, with Instagram, you, you you know what you're looking at, but you don't. Sometimes you don't even know their names or their real names. You're just like, oh, that Instagram handle or or that that person that does that stuff. And yeah, I don't know. Um, 
the things I make, I usually just make them because I think that's the best way of communicating rather than having necessarily a background in in that thing god that stumped me because I, <laughs> I feel I feel so uncultured I didn't go to art school and I think a lot a lot of people sort of studied artists and studied their inspirations and really had a defined set style whereas I kind of feel like I'm kind of I'm out in no man's land just sort of picking up the scraps and I love I love sort of um the aesthetic of things like Adventure Time and Rick and Morty and yeah I, th- I think I've, I'm more into watching shows and animation and stories I think than artists in a way right just because I get that kind of that weird creative brain that goes oh, I could do that that's not <laughs> that special what's that what's that about or damn why didn't I think of that that's genius so yeah I try not to frustrate myself by uh, delving too much into it but yeah I don't know that's, I should probably think about that harder because obviously I'm inspired by things all the time but yeah I just immerse myself and sort of absorb what I absorb and however it filters through I guess is how it comes out I think you've answered that really well it's like, <laughs> in a way it's like keeping it quite pure you know your own output maybe I don't know I could, I could be subconsciously ripping off everyone who knows can you tell us where we can find your work and more about you you can go on instagram and find me at lil l-i-l underscore yay y-e it's pretty much lil yay on twitter have you got a website as well i do it's grog g-r-a-r-g dot com great thanks ali no worries it's awesome thank you Thank you to Ali Graham for sharing his vision of sound. And a really big thanks to Francis Redmond for the soundtrack and Ian Phillips for the recording. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe or leave a review on iTunes. This will really help other people to find vision of sound and hear from the talented artists we talk to. Visit georginacook.net forward slash vision of sound or at the vision of sound on Instagram for images to accompany this and other episodes.